Greener Grass, a podcast. We are your hosts, Carrie Wee and Kelly McVeigh. I hope your January is going well. Today, we're so excited to welcome Eric Olsovsky to the podcast. He is the Vice President of Community Engagement and Partnerships of Pelotonia. For our listeners who are not already in the Pelotonia circle, it is a nonprofit organization based in Columbus, Ohio, and its flagship event is a 100-mile bike ride, which raised $236 million in the first 13 years for cancer research at the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer Center. It's so unique because 100% of participant raised funds go toward innovation in cancer research, including enhanced treatments and therapies, the next generation of research talent, immuno-oncology and prevention and early diagnosis. Kelly and her family has been involved for 13 years. Kelly ridden for seven years of those, and they've raised 101K over 13 years. Eric is awesome. He explains this 100% donation model. He tells us why he's so passionate about his role and what it's like behind the scenes. We're so excited. Here is Kelly's interview with Eric. Okay, so if you have followed me in any um, portion of my social media and life, you know that Pelotonia is very near and dear to my heart and an important part of who I am, I think, especially in the summer months, um, prepping and planning. And it's something I've been talking about for quite a few years. And I have to say, I, I never get nervous for these greener grass listeners. But today, this morning, I was a little bit nervous um, for this interview. And I think it's because Pelotonia is such um, a big thing in my family. And really for my dad, my dad has ridden all 13 years. He is, I would say, the leader of the pack for all of us. And really that started because my um, aunt Connie passed away from cancer. And, um, you know, my dad, I think, really took this on for her. And I, I would say the first few years, uh, the whole ride was for her. And I, I, you know, I actually have to say all 13 years, probably, that is who he is most riding for. But then you start to think about all the people that are touched by cancer. And the ride has just become so important to us as a family. So we're a small family Hope Peddlers team. Um, but over the years, we've raised $101,000 and 8100 this year. So I've only ridden seven years, Eric, because I think I had some babies in there and <laughs> some work things pop up, but I'm so excited. So today we have the Vice President of Community and Engagement and Partnerships with Pelotonia. Eric, I'm not going to try to even butcher your last name because I know myself with names, but welcome, Eric. And I would love for you to give a little intro of yourself and how you first got involved with Pelotonia. Wow. Well, well, thank you for that introduction. Thank you for having me on the podcast. It's an honor. And, and I will tell you, it's, um, it's great to kind of hear your, your backstory and, and we can't say thank you enough to, um, to you, but, but also to your dad, it sounds like he is kind of the patriarch of the Hope Peddlers here. Um, you know, in, in, in your brief kind of intro there of the Hope Peddlers, it, what was going through my mind was that kind of personifies the Pelotonia community, right? It's it's people who, uh, listen, we're all affected by cancer, right? But it's people who um, have a passion for engaging with community and and driving funds for, for innovative research to 
hopefully someday find a cure, right? Um, it's it's engaging a community to, you know, drive funds for advancing, you know, therapies and treatments that can help people live better lives. And it, it really is, and, and, and your dad probably knows this, and you probably know this from, from when we started back in 2009 for our first ride, it's really grassroots. And, and so I think, you know, again, just to reiterate, I want to say thank you for, for um, you know, being a part of this community. Um, and I think it really personifies who we're all about. So I joined the team back in, I'm coming up on my four-year anniversary. So this would have been, I think January 8th is my four-year anniversary here. Um, and so we're right at that four-year mark. But prior to uh, to joining Pelotonia, I worked in the sports industry and was really on um, the sales side of things. And had been working in that industry for about um, 15 or 16 years and said to myself, wow, I really feel that um, I have a higher calling with my professional life. And I wanted to do something that had more meaning that, that, you know, filled that proverbial cup. Um, A passionate cyclist, a passionate triathlete, really. And uh, about the time that I started exploring, like, what could I do with my skill set? Um, two things happened. One was uh, my mom was diagnosed with with breast cancer, um, and two, this job opening uh, came up at Pelotonia, and uh, it was kind of like stars aligned in a lot of ways, right? And uh, uh, long story short, I was fortunate to interview and, and meet with the great people here, and uh, it, it just turned out to be a real fit, right? And and as I mentioned, the, the timing was right because. You know, I was going through a cancer diagnosis in our own family, um, and it and it was a passion point for me. And I said, "Boy, philanthropy, right, for a great cause in, in cancer." And oh, by the way, kind of the added perk is it's yeah, you know, cycling too. And so it was kind of a no brainer when they offered me the job. It was like, "Yes, I'm in." You know, uh, let's go. And so that was uh, that was four years ago um, that uh, that I joined the team, and honestly, best decision I've ever made. Okay, there's so much that I have to say about this. Once I one, I saw that you your past um, careers in sports and as a professor, I saw that too. And the fact that you're a triathlon, I definitely need to talk about this for sure. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that I love is it is Pelotonia, and I got teary for a second, which I'm telling you, this is a different interview for me for some reason. But I think it is the the whole day is filled with passion leading up to the event. It's all feels like it comes from the heart. And I feel like watching that community build through the years, because even if I wasn't riding all those 13 years, I don't think I've ever missed a Peloton mm. weekend. Um, and it's the cowbell. My, my grandma, um, that's not with us any, she came every year with her cowbell on the side and cheering it on. And it's just watching, um, watching the amount of people that participate, watching the community now. And, you know, this, we have listeners all over, but in the Columbus area, you, there's pretty much a green arrow everywhere um, during Pelotonia season. And so watching all of that grow is amazing. And I, I am so sorry about um, your mom, but I think, you know, there is a reason that we all find our path and find the profession that we're in. 
And so what is the Pelotonia ride? Ride, not even meaning ride, but how has that felt in the last four years um, growing that community? And, you know, your job being community engagement and partnership Mm -hmm. is a huge role. I can't even imagine all of the things that come into play with how you are at the table for Pelotonia. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny. So the in 2018, when I joined the team, that was not my first exposure to Pelotonia. And, and, and I'm originally from Cleveland, but I've lived in Columbus for uh, really off and on since 1996, uh, when I attended uh, undergraduate school here down at, at Ohio State. Uh, but I rode for the first time in, it would have been 2013, I want to say, boy, that's, I'm not sure that's 100% accurate. I should know that. Um, but listen, I had to look up all my stats this morning yeah, because totally, I didn't want totally. to that up. Right. Um, but I, I rode a hundred miles that day, and that was the longest bike ride that I have ever done. But um, you're a hundred percent right. Like when you when you engage in Pelotonia and you and you engage in the ride itself, there are so many emotions that that just naturally occur, right? From from exhaustion of of riding, right, to seeing people um, in survivor jerseys riding their bikes, right? To uh, the the euphoric um, nature of the finish line and all the people that are there to kind of celebrate with you. Uh, and so that was my that was my initial kind of introduction to Pelotonia, just just waves of emotions. And and uh, I you know I will say the same thing that you know that that day there were numerous times where you just you naturally fell into this like teary mode, right? Because um, of, of both, you know, sadness from a perspective of, you know, that there's so much work to be done, um, to defeat cancer, but also in, in joy and knowing that when you have this community that comes together and you see this camaraderie, man, there's a whole lot of hope in that. Right. And, and that's, that's emotion filled as well. Um, it took a, it took a different turn for me, right. In 2018, when I joined the team, um, now I felt like I was contributing in a, in a new way. And it was more personal to me because of my mom's story and, and I appreciate the sentiments of my mom. I will tell you, she's thriving and doing well. She's now a three-time breast cancer survivor, I love that. Um, but she is doing absolutely fantastic. And, and it's not lost on me that um, the, the treatments and the therapies and the advancements um, that have been made over the years uh, in treating cancer um, are all reflective of, of the great work that's being done across the world, um, you know, through different fundraising events like Pelotonia, right? We're not the only one that's doing this, um, but there are so many advancements and, and that's a collective effort, uh, you know, across the globe and uh, in, in really making uh, strides to, to treat the disease, to, to come up with new therapies and, and ultimately, you know, find a cure. But um, yeah, I mean, get, to get back to your, to your original question, um, it took on a new meaning for me. Um, you know, every day I felt like when I, I was excited to come into work, right. Which I couldn't say that about my previous job. And when I left at the end of the day, I felt like I did something that was meaningful, uh, to the greater good. Um, and you know, my role is, is kind of dual fold. Um, uh, I lead, um, engagement as my title kind of, uh, indicates, um, bringing people into our mission, whether that is riders or whether that is volunteers, uh, engaging our corporate community um, to support our mission, uh, whether that's through their associates or whether that's through financial support. Um, 
And the the second you know kind of role that I that I serve from for the organization is um, is really making sure that Pelotonia can even exist, right? So uh, along with the 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 others in in our organization, um, we need to make sure that Pelotonia exists because of the operating model that we run. Um, and Kelly, I, I know that you're familiar with this, but we deploy what's known as a hundred percent or one hundred percent model, which means that. Uh, when you ride with us every year, um, or you're a virtual participant, um, and you're out there fundraising, whatever you bring in, we guarantee that 100% of that goes to cause directly, goes to innovative cancer research. So what that means is that we don't take, um, you know, a percentage off the top of every donation that comes in, right, to cover administrative expenses, to cover the rent and utility of our headquarters, or to cover the ride weekend expenses, or uh, candidly, to pay the salaries and, and benefits of, of me and my colleagues. Um, it's amazing. So we, we, what we do um, is we you know, work with individuals and, and corporations in our community um, who are passionate about just supporting who we are to be able to stand up our mission, to be able to uphold that 100% model for, for our, our participants. And so that's the second part of my job outside of recruiting, um, you know, uh, riders and volunteers and, and virtual um, participants. Um, uh, I am, I'm also heavily engaged on, on just the financial behind the scenes operations of our organization. So 19 million in 2021. I mean, it's incredible that I feel like this community pulls together and does that and 100 percent goes um, towards cancer research and innovation. It's just astounding that that is what that hundred miles or, you know, even the people that do 25, 50, every rider contributes to that. Um, and it's just amazing. What is our overall number for Pelotonia? Yeah, this, this was an amazing year. Um, as we returned from, from, you know, the pandemic where we couldn't host a ride, uh, in 2020, but, but I will call this out. Um, and, and I think this really, shows the breadth of our community and and really shows the passion. Even when we couldn't host a ride in 2020, the Peloton community still raised $10.5 million for cancer research. Like, that's amazing to me. Like, if we step back and, like, think about that, um, we had a virtual event and the community raised $10.5 million, which, by the way, is more money than we raised in the first two years of Pelotonia when we did have a ride. So I, I do want to acknowledge the community from that perspective. It is, it is an amazing group of people. Um, and when I say group of people, I mean everyone that plays a part in it, uh, whether you're participating in your fundraising or you're a donor, um, that comes together. So um, you're right, we did 19 million this year, um, and that was a, certainly a, a monumental step in the right direction, even though we're still dealing with the pandemic. Uh, we hope to do more than that, you know, next year. But if we look at the 13 years of of uh, of our ride or our existence, we're now over 236 million dollars that all has been um, uh, donated over to the Ohio State University Comprehensive Cancer James Hospital uh, for for cancer research, uh, and that's just astounding when you think about. It. You step back and think about that amount of money uh, that's going into treatment, going into therapy. Uh, and going into research to help us find a cure. Absolutely. And I know too many people that, um, you know, are at the James or have gone to the James in the past. So I feel like um, even the 
the Ohio State James Center. It's just such a part of this community. And, and the fact that that's where the money goes is amazing. So a hundred miles, just speaking for myself, a lot of time in your own head. Mm. Um, and especially when you're not a pro cyclist like yourself. And I think there are so many, one of the things I love is that you see, you see everything, <laughs> you see everything that day. You see people that are on bikes with baskets and, mm. um, people that are doing it with their arms um, and people that are, I think, in the midst of treatment. And then you see the survivors and you mentioned the roller coaster of emotions. I think, you know, being in your head all day, it is the celebration of life and happiness and excitement and the joy and seeing someone say, you saved my wife uh, with a sign in the same spot every single year. And then times where I'm just sobbing because it's you're in the middle of nowhere by yourself and you just have that moment and you're digging deep the whole entire time. And pretty much every year I think like, okay, I'm going to just try to make it to the next rest stop. And then I eat five peanut butter sandwich squares <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I'm on to the next one. Um, but you know, I have to say that this year for me felt really different, Eric, in the sense that I think that the world has felt very or especially United United States has been very divided and there's just been a lot of tension and um, you know, that is not something that I think would be any surprise for me to say. And I felt like the Pelotonia day this year showed me again, like everyone on the same page and everyone doing something and fighting together. And it didn't, no one was choosing a side or, or picking an argument or figuring out who, what, when, where, why of why you think what. And it was just felt to me, um, I was inspired. And you mentioned hope earlier. It gave me hope in general because I felt like, no, we all can do things together and we're all fighting for the same thing. And ending cancer is obviously such, such a thing that touches every single person. But it gave me hope in a different way than it has in years you're you're absolutely right. Um, I think that sentiment was felt across the board, um, you know, on Ride Weekend, and um, and you know, one, despite all of the, you know, maybe um, different sides of the coin that you can take, and and what's going on in the world uh, today, right? There's one thing I think we can all agree on, and that cancer is not a good thing, and and we need to do whatever we can to find a cure. And, and again, it just goes back to that community. No, no matter where, um, you know, you sit in life, um, when you see this community come together on that weekend, everything else like kind of stops, right? Everyone's focused on, uh, on the ride weekend. Um, everyone's, when they're riding their bikes, they're talking about um, things that are happening at the James or they're, again, they're seeing survivors that are out there riding. Uh, they're seeing those people that maybe even going through treatment right now. Um, and it is really a, it's a, um, it's a forum, if you will, for anyone and everyone, right? You have people that are avid cyclists. And oh, by the way, Kelly, I need to say, I am not a professional cyclist by any stretch. Okay, of we're going to talk about that in a minute. I don't believe you. But we'll I, talk no, about I am you. not by any means. But we do have, you know, your avid cyclists that will go out there and, and try and finish, you know, hundred miles as quickly as they can. But we have so many first time riders and, and Pelotonia is like their entry into cycling, right? You have so many riders that are not avid cyclists, but they're passionate about the cause and what we're all doing collectively 
that they get on a bike, right? Even if they're not necessarily, you know, comfortable with doing that. Um, and so every single participant matters from our 20 to 25 mile riders to our 200 mile riders that do it over two days to our volunteers. Like we, we literally could not host ride weekend without the, the passion um, and, you know, the hands of, you know, this past year, over 2000 volunteers to put on ride weekend. Our team is very small. We are only 18 people. Uh, so as you yeah. can imagine, we cannot host ride weekend. So those peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that you mentioned, oh my gosh, yeah. they're the best peanut butter and jelly sandwiches you will ever eat anywhere. Right. They are, um, and those sure. are all put together with the love and care of our volunteers who, who just make a phenomenal impact on the weekend and they're, they're invested in the cause as well. Uh, but you're right. Everyone comes together uh, for for that collective one goal, and everything else kind of subsides outside of that. Okay, so now, Eric, I'm going to share with you that I felt like this route this year, the hundred, was freaking hard. <laughs> there were so many hills. I swear, I felt like walking a hill is just as hard as trying to get up it. And I walked a few. I had an amazing moment where there was there was uh, you know a couple in a silver truck. They were probably watching for someone, and they were parked halfway up a hill. And they, she saw me struggling, and she got out of her truck, and she was running beside me. And I was like, "I'm gonna fall. I'm gonna fall." Because you know when you're clipped in and you don't have that momentum, right. it's like you're not gonna fall. You're not gonna fall. And if you fall, I'll catch you. And she ran up the hill with me. I could start crying right now. I'm getting teary. Um, and then I saw her at the finish and she yelled, you did it to me. Amazing. It's amazing. But I feel like who, who came up with this route, Eric? <laughs> were you at the table for this? Because it was hard. There were a lot of hills this year. There, there were. And we, we acknowledge it. You know, it's funny. We, um, we, we tried to communicate at the beginning of the year as much as possible that there was probably more elevation in this year's route than ever before. And you're not the only one that said it was tough and, and it was tough right at the end of the day. And, and we're going to address that, you know, moving into next year. Um, but, you know, some of the sentiment that we got across the board, some people said, Oh my gosh, that was so hard. Um, some people said, wow, that was amazing. Don't ever change a thing. Cause we love all the climbing, right? Those are the more added cyclists, yeah. obviously, yeah. as we know, there were some people though, that told us, and I think th this is kind of the, I guess the one, the, the, the comment that kind of stuck out to me, and this was from multiple people, not just from one, they, they told us, Hey, that was really hard, but it pales in comparison to what someone with cancer is going through. Right. So we're, we're okay with that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that we have work to do on our end to, to make it a little bit easier on you all. Right. You, you guys are you know, out there pedaling and, and going up, up hills. So if we can find an easier, uh, easier way to get to the end point, we're, we're certainly going to do that. We're, we're in the process of reviewing our routes for, for 2022. And, and, uh, and we hope to find a, a less hilly option out there. Well, listen, it's always more meaningful when you have to work your ass off to get to the finish. Right. That's true. And I always am not I, I am a big workout person and I teach ballet and whatnot, but I don't ride my bike enough. I always go into it not ready. And the morning of, I always think no one's ready <laughs> when they get that diagnosis. Right. They have to buck up and figure it out. And I take that with me the whole ride. Yeah. So I and I, I'm sure there are a lot of people that dig deep, figure it out. And listen, it is that moment where the person running up the hill. I will remember that forever. Um, and so that's what this day is all about. Okay, so you're saying that you're not uh, 
pro cyclist, but you are a six-time Ironman. Okay, so you you obviously are somewhat of a cyclist, and I can tell you that my dad and I, when we my dad first started kind of riding and doing things before Pelotonia, we went. I was a runner; he was biking, and we did the duelathon. I don't know. Duathlon, yeah, duathlon, sure. Duathlon, and so I I ran, he rode, and when we got there, um, it was it was an Ironman, but it was the the duel and we were like trying to decide if we should get out of the car (laughs) like we were watching everyone walk in and we were like what are we doing here this is not the space for us we we did do it but I'm, i'm just saying so you obviously have it going on and how did you get involved in that um you know is it a big part of who you are and you have to semi be a cyclist if you're doing a triathlon well you um not surprisingly obviously did your research you you got your you got your numbers right, right there. I'm, and I'm kind of taken aback by that. Um, I certainly don't want this to be a conversation about Eric or me, but, um, we like, listen, we love, I feel like everyone learns from everyone's journey and story and it's a part of what led you to Pelotonia for sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. I, I, um, I don't know. I'm not sure what necessarily got me into it, but it became, um, it became a passion point for me, dare I say, in a, addiction is probably no, a I get that. Uh, I get that. yeah probably what i would say um i kind of got drawn into it because it, this is again before my pelotonia days but um in my previous role um it was one of those things where you had a couple of coworkers that said hey you know what like let's go we all need to get in shape let's go do a half marathon and so we did that and i said you know if we're gonna do a half we should do a full um the other two didn't come along with me for that. Uh, <laughs> I was the only, yeah, I was the only kind of dumb one that, that, you know, kept going. They said, no, we're good. We, we, we checked that box in the half. We don't need to do a full. Uh, and long story short, when I, when I did the full, I came across in the expo, a, um, a triathlon coach. And I remember um, as a kid um, watching ABC's wild world of sports and the Ironman championships in, in Kona, Hawaii. And I had always thought, oh, man, that is like the ultimate like endurance feat. And that would be cool to do someday. And then I kind of lost it as I was growing up. But it kind of brought me back full circle. And I was like, you know what? After I do this marathon thing, maybe I'll maybe I'll jump in the water and then drive my bike and then and then run. Uh, and the rest is kind of history. And, and you know, I, I, the addiction word is probably a, a good word because it 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 has really sucked me in and I am addicted a bit to the endurance kind of side of things, um, which is not always healthy, right? At the end of the day, but, um, but it's a journey that I love and, and I continue to, to try and stay in shape as best I can. Um, that's ultimately, you know, what led me to Pelotonia in 2000 and, and I can't remember what year it was, 11, 12, 13, something like that to do my first a hundred miler because I was, I was training from a triathlon perspective. So if I'd never caught that bug, I probably wouldn't have rode that year. Um, and, uh, who knows if I would have ever participated in Pelotonia that first time. So. So listen, that's how you got here. And that's, and I think it's amazing. It's definitely addicting for sure. Um, I mean, even after I do the hundred miles, I think I'm going to start riding my bike constantly right. because there is something that is just digging deep and amazing about it. So, Pelotonia, I mean, um, 
I, I don't want to say it's shifted over the years, but as you've grown, well, the, one of the things that I love about the Pelotonia is even though it grows every year and there's more and more and more and more people, there's still something that feels grassroots, small community about it. Yeah. Um, is that something that you all really focus on and try to continue forward, even as you're plotting and planning um, next year's ride? Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that is kind of the hallmark of of our of our mission, right? Like you you've probably heard me say um, multiple times now, and it, just during the course of our conversation, the word community, um, and I think that just personifies what Pelotonia is, right? It's 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 a group of people that come together from all walks of life, and we never want to lose sight of that, um, and we never want to stray from that kind of mentality. Um, it started very, very grassroots, right? Very grassroots. And it still remains grassroots. You know, we, yes, we have a lot of uh, corporate Pelotons, but I will say within those corporate Pelotons, it's really grassroots, right? It's become a, it's become a culture and, and, a, and a way of living within their corporate, um, uh, within their corporate structure. But we also have family Pelotons like you, um, the, the, like the Hope Peddlers, and we have community Pelotons that drive a significant amount of, of uh, participants and drive a significant amount of, of fundraising. Um, as we as we kind of wrapped up this year, and we were looking at the fundraising totals for um, for all of our Pelotons, um, we were I mean we were just blown away by the amount of money that our community Pelotons um, uh, drove this year. And I think um, I don't have the the numbers right in front of me, but I want to say that we had two or three community Pelotons in the top 10 um, when you're looking at all of them together, including corporate from a fundraising perspective. And that's amazing. And I think, again, that just speaks to the grassroots nature of this movement, uh, the grassroots nature of this community, um, all focused on, you know, just how can we make a difference um, and how can, how can we, you know, drive innovation in, in cancer research? Well, and I even love from like, I can speak for our little family um, Peloton. It's the garage sale, the yes. car wash, the yes. writing letters to every single person that you know. It's It really is a bonding thing, even within the little community that you build. Right. And I don't know how many times I've been even in another state and I see someone with a Peloton shirt on. Um at the airport or, so, you know, something that, you know, it, it's crazy how much it spreads. Obviously we know where the money goes, but did they share with you, um, you know, highlights or, mm. uh, breakthroughs or do you get things like that from a Pelotonia perspective where you feel those wins as well as a, as a team? Yeah, absolutely. So as we kind of discussed earlier, um, all of the proceeds from our annual ride, um, our, our, uh, our beneficiary is the James Cancer Hospital and the Ohio State University um, Comprehensive Cancer Center. And um, while we've never directed funds, meaning we've never said, like, we want this amount of money to go to breast cancer research or this amount of money to go to prostate cancer research, we really rely on, you know, the experts on the science side of things, which admittedly is not us, right? That's, that's not our role. Um, we've relied on them to say, this is where we feel um, the important need is right now. And this is where we're going to direct the funding. Um, 
And so traditionally, you know, over the years, uh, Pelotonia has always funded a, a, a number of areas. And I'll briefly speak to those. You know, one is uh, the fellowship program. And these are, you know, the up and coming rock stars in research that may not have access to traditional means of funding for their research. This could be undergraduate or graduate or postdoc students over at the James and, and CCC um, who have great ideas for research, right? Um, and they're not off on their own. They have to go through a rigorous process of, of applying for Pelotonia grant funds, uh, but they have a senior scientist that helps them oversee their research. So we've funded um, uh, over 500 um, fellows over our time uh, in, in their research, and many of them have gone on to bigger and better careers outside of Ohio State. But this was their this was their kickstart in, into the research field. We've also funded senior scientists and, and, and idea grants uh, that they may have that allows them to go on apply for greater funds for more traditional resources. We funded some statewide initiatives um, that have really been impactful out there. Uh, there's one going on right now called Turning the Page on Breast Cancer that's really uh, diving deep into the prevalence of breast cancer in African-American women and why the mortality rate is higher. Um, and that's a that's an exciting study, right? Because we all know that right now we're dealing with, um, you know, healthcare disparities and health inequities. And how can we how can we serve you know the greater population um, and those that may not have access to to care right now and provide them that access to care? And then the other area that I'll I'll share with you and and Kelly, you're probably aware of this, but back in in 2019 we made um, what was the largest history or largest pledge in the history. Of, of the James and Comprehensive Cancer Center um, on behalf of the Pelotonia community. And that was to fund what is now known as the Pelotonia Institute for Immuno-Oncology. Um, and so now we're two years into that. And, and if you're not familiar with immuno-oncology, it really is, in, in layman's terms, taking the body's immune system and retraining it and, and helping it to identify and attack a cancer cell. And there's so much promise in this side of things. Um, when we were talking with our friends over at the James and CCC, you know, they had said, like, we want to we really, really want to dive into immuno oncology. And we said, we're all in. And so that pledge was a five year pledge of one hundred and two million dollars uh, um, to really launch this initiative and and uh, and start to dive into, um, you know, immunotherapy and immuno oncology to, to help find a cure. So. Um, that's typically, you know, where funds go. Uh, again, the application process is a rigorous one. We don't necessarily get engaged or involved in that, uh, but we're familiar with everything that that the James and the Comprehensive Cancer Center is doing with the money that is raised um, by the Pelotoni community. I love sharing that with the listeners because I think people know the overall um, scope and what Pelotonia is doing, but diving into the fact mm. of exactly where it's going. I'm a very visual person. And I know one year when I was at um, the event the night before there, you know, I think some of the researchers had like special search, special shirts mm -hmm. uh, and we maybe acknowledged them. Yeah. And I, that was so visual to me to see like, these are the people that, are doing the things that are trying to figure it out. And so I, I think that that was a visual for me. So I love that we went through some of those numbers. So I have a couple more questions. Yeah. When you're in this realm, I feel like, especially with cancer, you lose people along mm -hmm. the way, right? Are there moments that you have a day where it just is a gut punch because there's a name that you hear that is someone that you can tie into a moment with Pelotonia in the last four years? I mean, yes. Um, 
as, as you might imagine, working in the field that we work in and focused on on cancer every day, um, you know, we have the potential to be exposed to one of those sad stories, right? Um, and the reality is right now, you know, we're not at a, at a state of a cure, right? But we've made so many advancements, you know, from a therapy and treatment perspective and, and people are living longer lives, but we're still faced with that, um, that unfortunate situation where we lose people, right? And, and uh, we probably are exposed to that, you know, uh, more so than, than the general public, um, just because that's the field that we work in. And so, you know, it is much like everyone else, like you have your ups and downs in the work environment, right? But we can get back and centered when we, you know, hear those stories of like, okay, there, this is why we're doing this, right? This is this person who's enduring a battle right now. Um, and it doesn't have to be always be a loss, right? It's just someone who's going through treatment. Um, and, and we're always, you know, hearing about, you know, community members that are going through treatment. Um, that centers things for us. That brings us back to like a basis of, you know, the, the tough parts of the job are why we're doing this, right? Um, it's, it's, it, it provides so much meaning uh, for our, our, our work day in and day out. And I mentioned earlier, you know, it's what excites us about coming in in the morning. And, and it's why we feel like every day when we go home at night, we've done something, right? We, we've moved the needle a little bit more as a community and that is fulfilling, right? But but of course, we always, um, probably more so than others, we're, we're exposed to some of the, the, the sad stories, right? And, and that just drives us and inspires us more because there's so much work still to be done. So much work still to be done. Do you have a moment that you're most proud of in the last four years of being Pelotonia that you can think of? Mm. But I'm wondering if maybe your answer is just you're proud of the you're proud of the four years you've put in and that number when you look at that number. But is there a moment that you that when you think of your four years and your journey with Pelotonia that stands out to you? Yeah, there, there's four moments in, in fact. And and you know, every year after the the ride is over, we get together as a team and we we debrief, we go on a retreat and we talk about, okay, what are the ways that we can improve and what are the ways that um, that we really made an impact this year and we start to plan for 2022. And part of that process is a real reflection, right? For each of us individually and personally, not just professionally. And we usually go around the room and we talk about, you know, those impactful moments for us. I will tell you that th those four moments for me are, are the finish line on Sunday when the last rider comes across. Um, throughout the weekend, us as a staff, we're, we're kind of spread out all over the place. But on Sunday, um, near the end of the day, that's naturally when everything else is being torn down at other spots, that's where we all come together. Um, and that's usually where I lose it. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's being with these people that, that we work in, we work with day in and day out. Um, and to, to finish a ride when that last person comes across, um, it's, it's, it's emotional, right? Because you know that we just put on another, you know, fabulous event and a lot of money is going to be raised for cancer research. And that's the whole reason why we're there. Um, and so I, I've always said this in every single one of our retreats, um, my favorite moment, my most emotional moment is the picture that we take of the staff, um, 
underneath the finish line archway on Sunday um, because it's just it, it. There's so much meaning in it for me that another ride was completed. And listen, we're so much more than a bike ride, right? But um, that's our signature event, and and we know that that the community cares so much about it and and drives so much money for cancer research that it's just kind of the culmination um, at the end of the day. So that four four specific moments, and that's 2018, 19. 2020, we didn't have a finish line, right? But we did celebrate the, with an announcement of, of the funds raised. Uh, and we took a Zoom picture of the staff together when we, we kind of toasted everyone. And, and so I'll kind of count that as our, uh, as our finish line photo. And then uh, certainly the finish line this year. Okay, that was the most perfect answer. I feel like there's nothing like coming across in that last moment as a writer. And I got teary again, thinking about that very last writer coming across. And I envision myself now, like who knows where I'll be that weekend, but I would love to be there for that moment and to watch that happen next year because there probably is something, um, a, a team of 18 is not very many for what you accomplish. And I can't imagine the exhaustion, relief, joy, happiness in that moment as a team. So thank you. Thank your whole team for everything that you do because we're out here riding and doing it, but you guys make it happen. And that means something. Well, we appreciate that. And, and again, I'll, you know, how we kind of started this, I want to say thank you to you because people like you, our riders, our volunteers, those that, you know, are virtual participants, those that donate are the reason why we do what we do. And, um, but it's not about us. It's not about the 18. It's about this community. It's about this greater group of people who share this this passionate um, mission with all of us, right? Um, and that's why, again, I go back to we always talk about community. We don't talk about us as Pelotonia. Uh, we, 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 when we use the words we or we use the words us, it means the entire community and not the 18 people in this room because every single one of the individuals that participate with us are part of this community, are part of this team that made 236 million and counting possible and that have made, you know, these advancements in, in research and therapies and treatments possible. So you're a part of that. Um, it's not about just the 18 people that, that work in this office here. Um, it's about, you know, the, the collective community that, that makes what we do meaningful and impactful. Okay. So Eric, very last question. Um, dates for this year. One, the one thing I didn't write down, darn it. I, I thought I was so prepped and planned, <laughs> but dates for this year. And then if there's someone out there that every year they're on the fence, the people at work are trying to talk them into it, or uh, Kelly McVeigh is trying to talk their friend or family or whoever into jumping on their bike and giving it a go this year. What do you say to that person? Why should they jump in and join us? And what are the dates? So the dates, I'll give you that first. Um, our opening ceremony will be Friday, August 5th. And then we will ride on Saturday, August 6th and Saturday, August 7th. So mark those on your calendar. Um, put three stars around them, highlight them, whatever you got to do um, to, to mark those dates and hold those dates so you don't schedule family vacations or whatever, because we do want you to join us. Um, you know, here's what I would say. You know, we, we always have... Um, you know, people that are concerned about the fundraising commitments, right, Kelly? Um, you have people that are concerned that they're not cyclists. And, and what I would say to that is, um, again, this is more than a bike ride, right? And 
you'd be amazed at what you can accomplish. If you're not a cyclist, you can ride 20 miles, right? Um, it's doable. Um, if you are scared of the fundraising, don't be scared of the fundraising, right? And I'd almost throw it back to you, yeah. almost throw yeah. it back to you Kelly, right? As, as to, yeah. you, you'd be amazed of when you ask people and you tell them what, what your story is, right? Your why, like, why are you riding in Pelotonia or why are you uh, being a virtual participant in Pelotonia? And you tell that story, it's hard for people to say no to you. And it's not that they feel compelled to uh, or a commitment to you, but it's because they want to, right? Again, I go back to the community, the greater good. The one, ar- the one um, I guess, non-argument, right, is that we need to defeat cancer. And so people want to help and they want to they want to support you in in your endeavors. And um, it, you'll be surprised if you send an email to 20 people, family, friends, that you're almost at your commitment in a lot of ways. Right. And it's just getting over that. And I get it. There's there's a there's a comfort level in being able to ask people for money. Right. But that's one of the reasons why we deploy the 100 percent model so that you can go to family, you can go to friends, you can go to work, coworkers and say, Listen, if you give me $10 for my ride or $100 or $1,000 or $10,000, 100% of that's going to go to cancer research. And that means something, right, at the end of the day, to know that, you know, donations um, are all going to the end cause um, makes people even more willing to help out. And then, you know, outside of just the, um, and you, you mentioned this earlier, outside of the, what I will call like the, the general asks of email or um, or, or regular mail, um, there's so many ways to raise money and get creative with it from garage sales to, um, to, to, um, man, we've seen it from, uh, events at restaurants and, and little concerts or cornhole tournaments, or, you know, there's golf tournaments, cookie baking. Cookie baking. Yes. So think of all the things. Yeah. If you're not comfortable asking, you know, people directly for money, there's other ways that you can fundraise. And we've got tools and resources that we can help people with, right? So we're happy to share. Uh, there, you know, I think for those that have never written with us before, that's usually like the number one objection is like, oh my gosh, I'm not sure how I would fundraise. I'm not comfortable asking people for money. Well, we've got toolkits for that. We can help you along the way to give you some ideas that would break it down for you. And then you look at it and you're like, okay, I can see where this can come together. And oftentimes, Kelly, people raise way more money than they ever anticipated and way more money than uh, than their fundraising commitment even was. I really mean it when I say that I want you to thank your staff. Um, I appreciate you so much jumping on um, our podcast. And I'm so thrilled and excited to be a part of this community because I feel like it is it, it becomes part of who you are when you've done it as many years as um, I have and my dad and the whole family. Mm-hmm. So appreciate you. Thank you. And just can't thank you enough for everything you're doing. Well, thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. And, and uh, I'm in awe of what you and your dad have done. And, and we can't say thank you enough for that. And now we look forward to, to seeing you August 5th, 6th and 7th. I know. Maybe I'll send you a text and look for you um, around that weekend. I'd love to just say hello quickly when I cross the finish line. Love it. That's, that sounds great. Let's do it. Thank you so much to Eric for joining us today. We really appreciate your time. If you want to check out Pelotonia and 
participate or donate some money, go to pelotonia.org. I'll put that in our show notes, as well as the link to join the Greener Grass family and subscribe to our list. We really want to hear from you guys. Uh, email us at any time. You can always reach us at Carrie at grandrevcreative.com. And we have recently joined the Twitterverse. And uh, we'd love for you to follow us there. So on Twitter, we're at grass underscore podcast. And, uh, you know, check us out there. We're so appreciative to have you as our listener. Thank you so much to Asa Watkins for post-production. And, uh, yeah, so happy to have you. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next time. This is Green Grass. Grass.